two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you again, as always, for listening and watching. Uh, this week, I kind of figured I'd just do an episode by myself, uh, talk about some stuff I want to talk about, give you guys some updates on what's been going on, you know, stuff around that nature. <clears throat> um, but first of all, you know, as always, I just want to say thank you for all you guys' support, um, whether it's subscribing, following, listening, and watching regularly, um, even if it's all the way up to the stuff like this, like I put a poll out on Instagram for you guys to submit questions and I, I didn't think I was going to get any to be completely honest, but I got more than a few. So I'm really appreciative of that. And I'll be going through those at the end of this video. Um, so thank you guys so much for that. It's really, it's really, uh, it's really humbling. Um, this has been a really good experience doing this so far. And, you know, <clears throat> I've met a lot of really amazing people, uh, uh, some just really amazing guys and gals and uh i can't wait to sit down with them in person and uh have you know have these conversations i'm thankful for the ones i've already had and will continue to have so this has been a really awesome experience so thank you all so much for the for the support and the love um and one of the questions i asked the guys submit is what's the best way to support the podcast um i don't want your fucking money <laughs> um the best way to support is just to talk about it man uh like it subscribe share it you know, pass it around. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Um, I really am just cre interested in creating things that I think I would enjoy and maybe some things that other people may enjoy um, and just talk about things that matter. Maybe some things that don't matter. We do that a lot here too. So um, that's the best way to support it, honestly, is just to pass it around, show it to your friends, show it to your family. Um, I, I'd like to think so far we have something for everyone here. Um, but if there's something that we haven't done that you guys would like to hear or um, – you know, just uh, something we haven't covered yet or a person I haven't talked to you think I should talk to, whether it's a field of study, a background, a type of person, you know, whatever it is, feel free to let me know. Uh, the DMs are always open. Um, so this is kind of a combination topic I want to talk about because uh, it was a question that I got, but then it's also something that's been kind of like at the forefront of my life for the past maybe like two months now, month and a half. Um so back in February, I went and I got my blood work done. And <clears throat> as it turns out, I have, well, not even had, yeah, I currently have extremely low testosterone. Um, and my goal in talking about this is not to, uh, like, like for a pity thing or, like, to, because uh, we're going to get into TRT and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to peripherally drug usage or testosterone abuse or usage. Everything I'm about to talk about, I'm doing under the supervision of a doctor, whether that's my primary care, the endocrinologist I'm signed to, and the nursing staff under them. You know, I'm doing everything under supervision of medical staff. Um, but anyway, I've, I've just always been like a super tired and fatigued person. Anyone who knows me, Knows that I'm pretty much tired 100% of the time. I've always got an energy drink, always some sort of caffeine, um, always some sort of food around me, except for obviously when I was cutting for the competition. And um, so anyway, I finally did something about it, and I got my blood work done. And as it turns out, I had extremely low testosterone. When I first got tested, my testosterone levels were at 215. And to kind of put this in perspective for anyone who doesn't really understand a whole lot about this, I still don't, to be completely honest. All the information I'm telling you guys are either information that I got from a doctor, people that I know that have a large background in this, or just any kind of internet research I've been able to do over the past couple of months. So, as a 24-year-old male who's healthy, I've never taken steroids, never taken testosterone, I've never abused opiates, um, I don't abuse drugs, I don't abuse alcohol, um, I have a pretty healthy diet, even when I was not competing, I always have a decently healthy diet, but when I was doing this, I, I took my blood work in the middle of my preps, this is when I've been at my healthiest, um, yeah, healthy diet, decent amount of sleep, um, I normally operate around five to six hours, and, but now I'm even trying to get seven to eight, and we'll get into that, but, uh, so I got my blood work done, and my test levels came back at 215 or so. And to put that in perspective, a average male my age has anywhere between 600 to 900, even upwards of 1100, right? Um, the common consensus that I found is 1100 to 1200 is the cap of like a normal uh, adult male. But that's the goal, right? So let's, let's set the goal at between 600 and 1100. 
and I'm at 215. <laughs> and so my primary care was like, yeah, that's super low, um, but we're going to get you retested because I don't want to start you on TRT if it was just a miscount or they, they messed something up, I mean, whatever it was. So about three weeks later, I get my blood drawn again. And my test levels actually dropped in that time. Uh, they went from about 215 to around 278, 258. So it's getting worse, <laughs> actively getting worse. And we don't know why. So um, in, in finding all this out, he's like, okay, well, I don't really know why this is happening. And there is one of two reasons this could be happening. One reason is you could have a problem with your thyroid. Another reason is that you could have a growth, a mass, a tumor, something in the pituitary gland, pituitary gland in your brain, and that is basically what helps. Like it does a lot of things, but for this purpose, it helps produce and secrete hormones such as testosterone to go down to your endocrine system and distribute it throughout your body. Well, long yeah. So basically, I could have had a brain tumor. Uh, luckily, today I got the news back from the endocrinologist. There is no brain tumor, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, but now the question is, well, what is causing this in my body, right? Obviously, the answer is TRT. And, but the question is still, well, what's causing it? Is it preventable or reversible? And then uh, how long has this been going on? I don't know if that last one will ever get answered. But assuming this isn't a recent thing, <clears throat> various theories and conspiracies go around about what's ha happening with men's health. Um, over the recent two years, um, since 2020. Um, but, you know, assuming this is something I've been dealing with my whole life, I mean, I've been, I've been like a tired person ever since I hit puberty. <laughs> um, so assuming that this is like a thing that I've been dealing with, and this is something that's built into me or not built into me, however you want to look at it. Um, I'm going to have to be on TRT or some sort of testosterone replacement, some sort of something, it seems like. And this is coming from the doctor, too, right? I'm going to have to be on this for the rest of my life. Um, unless they're able to raise my levels and get them stable and my body can produce it on its own, I'm going to have to be on TRT for the rest of my fucking life. Um, which is ironic because I have a severe fear of needles. So the fact that the fact that God has given me a condition where I have to get injected almost every week for the rest of my life is fucking phenomenal. Um, but one of the questions that I got in the poll was, what is my experience doing? It's just, well, it's been, do you have a brain tumor? So, no, I don't, thankfully. But one of the questions that I had was, what is your experience on testosterone? Has it helped you? How long have you been on it? You know, why did you get on it? Because I had mentioned it in a couple episodes. So that's why I got on it, right? A doctor put me on it because I have severe, severely low testosterone. Um, they started me on it in the beginning of March, I think. Yeah, beginning of March. And I get injected once every two weeks. And up until tomorrow, so I'm filming it right now on the 11th. Tomorrow's the 12th of April. Uh, tomorrow, I'm getting injected with 150 milligrams of testosterone right into the thigh. Um beforehand it's been every two weeks and it has been 100 milligrams and i had the conversation today with the endocrinologist and she told me you know you don't have a brain tumor you have a mass that's awesome but we were getting to the conversation of has the testosterone been helping me has it made me feel any better and the answer in short is no um it has not helped me um i'm still tired as shit um any other symptoms that i've been dealing with haven't really gone away the only real change physiologically or physically that i have felt recently and I think this is mostly a product of the competition being done, me eating again normally, me training normally. Um, I'm getting a lot of my strength back. And anyone who's done any sort of like cutting for a, some sort of, um, how I put it, some sort of uh, sporting event or a competition of any kind knows that you get super weak when you're losing all that weight. When you start eating again, training normally again, you get all that back. And that's what I'm dealing with right now. Um and a great example of that is two and a half weeks ago, I started lifting again. I took my PRs and I was bench pressing 185 pounds. And for me, that's pretty damn good anyway, because bench press has always been a super weak um, element of my training. Well, this morning when I trained my chest, I went and did bench press and I bench pressed 185 
which is my PR, bench pressed that four times twice. And that's in the span of two and a half weeks. Um, now, there's a lot of things that go into that factor, right? There's the fact that I'm eating again. Um, and again, in the spirit of transparency, just to get into what my what my macro breakdown and what my caloric breakdown is right now. Let's see. So right now, this is this is an everyday thing. And I can confidently say that over the last two and a half weeks, I have hit this goal every fucking day. I can confidently say that. Um, so 3,500 calories a day. Uh, and then when you get into the macros, I'm eating 306 grams of carbohydrates. It's 35%. 350 grams of protein, which is 40%, and then 97 grams of fat, which is 25%. I usually go over on my fat because I just really don't give a shit right now. Um, but I never really go over on my sugar, which is nice, and I just hate this sugar weighs me down, and I just really have that shitty feeling. Um, I hate that. But so that's that's my macro breakdown. And, you know, when you compare 3,500 calories a day to the 1,100 that I was eating the last 10 days of the competition. I'm literally eating more than three times in one day than I did in one. In one day, I eat three times more now than I was, you know, three weeks ago. So that's a huge change to the body, right? And then the fact that I think I got down to about 7 to 8% body fat uh, by the time that show was all said and done. So going from that and gaining back and eating more, uh, my body's starving, literally, right? So it's just trying to get all the nutrients it can. It's trying to get all of every, anything that it can out of the food to enhance itself, repair itself, and move forward. So now you get into the training aspect. I'm training a lot. Um, I'm not, not a lot heavier, but I am training heavier. And I am uh, doing shorter sets. You know, it's like when I was at the end of the competition, I was doing you know, sets of like 12 to 15, upwards of 20. Excuse me, but now I'm doing like sets of like I think my highest set is like a set of twelve, but really they're mostly in between the range of like eight to ten or four to six, right? Because I do want to get heavier and I do want to get stronger. Um, and then to put an example like for bench press, I wasn't benching more than oh I don't feel like doing math right now. Let's see, let's pull up a calculator. Um, I wasn't bench pressing more than ninety five pounds. Yeah, about. About 95 pounds to 105, 115, whatever that is, right? I wasn't benching more than that because I didn't want to hurt myself. Um, and now, you know, I just did 185 four times, twice. Um, whenever I was doing my, like, front squats, for instance, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't front squat more than the bar. Like, I would only do my 45 pounds because that's how weak I was. That's how tired I was. And that's what I could do comfortably but still push myself and still lose the weight um and the last thing I wanted obviously was an injury so I didn't really want to push myself too hard um so I think with all of that and the muscle maturity of it being broken down so much now getting back up I think the strength is pretty pretty normal um and from what I've been told by not only my coach that Poncho this was coaching me but a couple other guys that I know I'm sure you people who've watched the podcast can guess who I'm talking to about all this considering how uh, proliferant uh, weightlifting and steroids and that kind of stuff has been on this podcast. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on with me right now as far as that goes. Um, now, starting tomorrow, I'm on 150 milligrams every two weeks, 300 milligrams of test a month. Hopefully, it brings me back up. Like, I would – I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an endocrinologist. I don't know when I'm supposed to get where, but I would like to be at, like, 500 600 by july or ish you know um i know this can't happen overnight and i have no intention of wanting it to happen overnight right? it's just like training has to be incremental to build build your body up to it you can't just start doing well i can't start doing just a buttload of, of uh, tests and hope that it works like i know i have to build up to it but i just to be completely honest you know i'm just sick of being tired all the time i'm sick of being just fatigued and needing some, needing caffeine and needing just something to always keep me going. So finally, now that I have a solution to it, that's great. Um, and I'm sure it'll come up again whenever I find out what caused this. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully good things, more good things come out of it. And I don't have any side effects or anything like that. 
and uh, yeah, we're just gonna kind of go from there. Um, but as far as like my fitness goals and all that stuff goes, my goal is just to get stronger. You know, I'd like to. Now that I'm my bench is where it's at, I would like to be able to bench press uh, three fifteen by the end of the year. That'd be sweet. I know it's a bit of a long haul to get there, but I I think I can do it. That'd be really awesome. I'd like to be able to uh, deadlift four Oh five. I think that'd be great. And then I would like to also back squat about three sixty five. That would be, I've back squatted that before I've deadlifted that before. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think getting up to three plates on bench would be sweet and getting back to four plates on deadlift would be awesome. And then getting back to that, like three and a half ish on, on uh, back squat would be sweet. Um, I, and I, you know, I really don't have any interest in competing again, um, just because like I look back on it and maybe when I'm a little bit older, a lot bigger, and I go to a more like, and I don't want to talk negatively about the organization that I competed in, but you know, if I could go to a more professional um, organization, uh, something with a bit more power behind its name, I guess would be nice. Um, because I just got to say like, you know, being a competitor in that, I didn't expect the red carpet or anything, but I just expected more value to come out of it. I expected more, I don't know, something, right? Some production value to come out of it, but it really didn't. Um, so maybe in the future, in a few years, but right now I have no desire to do it. And also just the time that it took, um, I've been stretching myself real thin and, uh, and I've got school, I'm going to take a couple classes over the summer. So, you know, I really just want to focus on that, focus on my personal life, focus on doing this. So, and on top of that, I have a full-time job. So I have no real interest in doing that. Um, but on the more serious stuff that's going on, um, I mean, we all, we're all talking about it. Everyone's thinking about it, making memes about it. The Russia versus Ukraine thing. Um, I think it's pretty fucking scary to be honest. Um, and I think it sucks that this shit happens anyway. Um, I think it's pretty shitty that, I mean, despite the jokes that I made in the last episode, which were just jokes, uh, I think it's pretty shitty that somebody like Putin thinks that he can do whatever the fuck he wants without any consequences. Um, but, you know, people are surprised by that, right? But it's like, well, when you have a guy who's been running that country for the better part of 20 years, I think over 20 years, let's see. Um, oh, So, nine years... Okay, so he was president from 2000 to 2008, so that's eight years, and then now he was president from 2012 to now. So, yeah, so he's been president there for 17 fucking years. Um, Yeah, so the better part of 20 years. And, you know, when you have someone there for so long, keeping this populace under a vice grip like he has, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to expect? And look, I'm not as educated on the subjects as I probably should be. But from what I know, they're they're trying to take over Ukraine or reclaim Ukraine because they are they want to denazify it and they think that there is a supremacy going on there and da 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 da. You know, it's the same white flag bullshit or false flag bullshit that every other country claims when they try to invade a country. Um, and I mean, it's going to blow up in their face. I really do think so. And literally and figuratively it's happening right now. Like they're losing. Um, I saw a really good post where it said, you know, if, uh, Russia stops fighting, there is no more war, but if Ukraine stops fighting, there's no more Ukraine. And that's kind of true. Um, in sheer size, but Putin and all his wisdom has sent some of his worst trained soldiers from what I've read. And the Ukrainians, which is straining from anywhere between the actual military individuals to the actual president who's fighting all the way down to the farmers and civilians, they are smacking the shit out of the Russians. And I think that's just showing the world that Putin is not as strong as we thought he was, which is obviously a good thing. But then also it's like, that's what happens when you fuck with the populace doesn't want their shit touched. And I, I hear a lot of criticism on the internet with how some of these, uh, Ukrainians are treating the the Russian prisoners of war, and it's shitty, right? Like, war is just shitty. Um, 
and and I see where the criticism is coming from, and I can see what people are saying. Well, I don't want to support Ukraine anymore because I'm seeing all X, Y, and Z happening. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. However, if America ever got invaded by some stretch of the imagination, a country or countries managed to invade the United States, you don't think that <laughs> that United States citizens would start doing what the Ukrainians are doing? Like, there's videos going around of them killing POWs. There's videos of them crucifying Russian soldiers they've captured. Like, this is war, and it's ugly. I mean, just imagine the Russians or the North Koreans trying to invade the South. That's not going to go well. You don't think these people aren't going to fight over their lands, kill for their lands, and then make examples out of these foreigners coming in? I mean, this is just war, and this is what happens when you invade people who don't want to be fucking invaded. Um, and what's scary now is uh, there are unconfirmed, report of it, unconfirmed reports of it. Let's see uh, if I can find anything. Uh it was reported today that the Russians were using uh, chemical weapons on Ukraine, and that was one of the uh, mm, that was one of the things that NATO was like, "Hey, if Russia fucks around and uses the chemical weapons, we're gonna have to get ourselves in there." Um, let's see if I can find anything. Um, so this is off of Newsweek. Uh, a Ukrainian battalion accuses. Uh, accuses Russia, yeah, accuses Russia of using chemical weapons on civilians. Um, that's a big no-no, obviously. Let's see. So this is an interview or a press statement from President Biden. About the real threat of chemical weapons being used, have you gathered specific intelligence that suggests that President Putin is? deploying these weapons, moving them to position or considering their use? And would the U.S. or NATO respond with military action if he did use chemical weapons? You know, on the first question, I can't answer that. I'm not going to give you intelligence data, number one. Number two, we would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. Well, credit where credit's due. He seems a lot more mentally alert there than he ever has been, period. So I wonder what kind of testosterone they've got him on. Oh, my God. Um, so I don't know when that little soundbite was taken from. Let's assume it was today. Um, unless that... No, no, I'm sorry. So I found another article from BBC from the 25th of March, and it looks like it's the same setting. So... Yeah, same tie. So he said that a couple weeks ago that basically we're going to step in if they start fucking around and using these chemical weapons. Uh, and then after reading this article, let's see. The Azov's Regiment, which is the National Guard of Ukraine, claimed that the chemicals were dropped via unmanned area vehicles on civilians in the southeastern city of uh, Mar Mar Mariupol. I can't pronounce that. Um, and this is a... This is a, uh, a quote from the regiment itself. About an hour ago, Russian occupation forces used a poisonous substance of unknown origin against Ukrainian military civilians in the city of Mariupol, which was dropped from an enemy UAV, the unmanned aerial vehicle. And they posted this on Telegram today. This is uh, Monday, April 11th. The victims have respiratory failure, vestibulo tactic syndrome don't know what that is we're gonna look that up um the consequences of using an unknown substance are being clarified so it looks like there's rush is about to fuck around and find out um but that syndrome they have pulling that up let's see if we can't zoom this in because my eyes suck all right so the syndrome is not a separate disease. This diagnosis is made by doctors when the patient has a certain set of certain symptoms. Uh, separately, these symptoms can... I do? Oh my goodness, this is telling me nothing. Uh, what can cause it? Okay. Um, so the risk factors include birth trauma and newborns, various injuries of the skull, complicated infectious diseases, acute or chronic drug intoxication. So it just seems like this is something that will set you up for other bad things. Um... 
So I guess here we go. Since some symptoms of the disease are frequent dizziness, especially when walking, flicker and flies for the eyes, nausea, vomiting, headache, uh, later stages, motors, motor disorders appear, loss of balance, throwing from side to side, falls, involuntary twitching of the eyelid. And then they may com- patients may complain about disorientation or deterioration of the quality and quantity of sleep. Chronic fatigue, loss of strength, noise or ringing in the ears, or unpleasant sensations with prolonged preservation of the same position of the body. Interesting. Well, it looks like Russia did the big no-no. And we'll see if this is true. Um, Okay, so this is from... Whoever the fuck this is, I don't know who this is, but the Azov Battalion informs Russia has used an unknown chemical substance against defenders of Mariupol and civilians. Pot- and then, see, the President of the United States and NATO got tagged in this tweet. That's how we tell governments now. We tag them in fucking tweets. Uh, you announced strong reaction, a strong reaction should Russia use chemical weapons. The time to act is now. And, of course, we only communicate in hashtags. Uh, hashtag Putin is a war criminal. Hashtag Putin war criminal. Hashtag Ukraine. Hashtag Russia. Hashtag this is a fucking joke. Um, no, they didn't put that. Um, yeah, a bunch. so basically what I'm looking at now, if you guys are just listening on Spotify, is a bunch of blue check marks that have names that are almost incomprehensible are saying that Russia has used chemical weapons on Ukraine. Um, while that definitely wouldn't surprise me, this was kind of shady about war, right? Is you need to be able to figure out who's telling the truth, who's not. Everyone has an interest in war nowadays. Um, it makes a lot of money. Lord knows that's why we were in the Middle East for so long. The military industrial complex is a real thing. That's not really a conspiracy anymore. Um, I'm just going to do another look. Let's see on DuckDuckGo and see what uh what pulls up here. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, so from The Guardian, we've got one. Same Newsweek. Speculation articles, speculation articles. Okay, so from The Guardian. Uh, Russia-Ukraine war latest. Ukrainian women and girls kept in a basement for 25 days of Russian troops with nine now pregnant. What the fuck? Okay, that's a way different subject. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, so this is updated at 2325. I'm assuming it's Zulu time. Because that was 10 minutes ago. This is a live, this is a live article. Uh, the UN Security Council is also hearing accounts of rape and sexual violence. Um, the mayor, some of the mayor of Ukraine, reports, or somewhere in Ukraine, reports multiple casualties from an eastern Ukrainian city. Okay, so yeah, a mayor. Um, okay, so then at 2325, so that's, that is, yep, same time. Uh, Ukrainian authorities have said that a Russian drone dropped a toxic substance on the southeastern city of Mariupol, we just talked about, late on Monday night. Uh, Ivana Klimpush, who's a Ukrainian military policeman and chair of the Parliamentary Committee on Integration of Ukraine into the EU, said the substance was most likely, that's in quotations, most likely chemical weapons. Uh, Klimpush claimed that the attack occurred around 10 p.m. local Writing on Twitter this morning, Russians threatened to use, quote, chemical troops against the Marpol defenders. Victims experienced respiratory failure in that same syndrome, and they most likely used chemical weapons. Let's see. The United Kingdom Foreign Secretary Liz Truss said that Russian forces may have used chemical agents in an attack on the city. Uh, we are working urgently to, with partners to verify details. Any use of such weapons would be callous escalation in this conflict. That's putting it lightly. And we will hold Putin and his regime to account. I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, this whole thing's shitty. Um, this is a really good article. I'll be sure to tag it in our post. But um, this seems to be a live update. But then also, you know, it's on MSN.com through The Guardian. So... You know, take that as you will. Um, and I'm not saying that you need to necessarily 
you shouldn't pick a side. But also at the same time, I think it's important, especially when we aren't a country that's involved, actively involved in this. We need to be reporting on the good and the bad that is going on from Russia. I get that Russia's not our ally, but if Ukraine does some shitty things, we should probably report on them too. Even if that shitty thing is justified, because again, they're getting fucking invaded. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty shitty. Um, don't really want to say about that, but it's just really shitty. All right, but on a more uh, nerdy point, uh, this past week on Friday, was that the 8th, 7th? Yeah, Friday the 8th, go, well, Thursday going into Friday, the Warner Brothers and Discovery merger became official. They are now called Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, David Zaslov, I'm just going to give you the cliff notes. David Zaslov is heading the charge on this one. And if you go to any Instagram post, Twitter post of theirs, it is all hashtag restore the Snyderverse and make the Batflick movie. So that's just nice to see. Um, so shout out to those guys doing that. And hopefully they get their shit together because the Lord knows they need to after this whole Ezra Miller fiasco. Um, that If you haven't heard about, go look it up. He's... The poor guy's got a lot, of, a lot of mental health issues, and he needs he needs to talk to somebody or see somebody because what is going on with him is not okay. Uh, he's attacking people. He's threatening people. Um, it's very, very, very sad. Um, but now what we're going to go ahead and do is you guys were kind enough to submit some questions, so I'm going to check out those questions and answer them, and we'll get the fuck out of here. Let's see. So I'm going to keep these anonymous. Uh, so who is your favorite guest so far? Um, you know, it's funny because right in front of me, um, I have a giant banner and I'm, you guys have seen it and every so often the banner will grow in signatures <clears throat> and it's just a, I, 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 and I keep it because it's, it's cool to look at obviously and it's cool to have, but it's just a reminder of how lucky I am. Um, and how blessed I am to be doing this and be meeting so many amazing people, like I said, in the first place. And and not to be a, like a cop-out answer, but I really don't have an answer to that. Um, I don't have a favorite because whether it's one of my best friends or it's someone that I'm meeting for the very first time, you know, anyone who comes on this podcast, they the way I see it is they are taking time out of their personal life to do this, right? I'm, uh, none of my guests have been paid. None of them have been, there's no incentive, right, is what I'm trying to say, there's, there's been no real incentive on my part to get them to come on the podcast, it's all just been, hey, do you want to do it, yes or no, and then we go from there, um, and I'm fortunate, there's been a, more than a few yeses, and, uh, and I just want to say thank you again, I mean, I have all my, my calendar, I have to, ha I have to work off a calendar, just because everything I've got bouncing in my life right now, I'm just so unorganized, but, Right now in the calendar, I am booked out until I think the middle of June going into July uh, with guests, which is absolutely bananas to me. Um, I didn't think this was going to last longer than a few months, to be honest. I didn't think any of you guys would give a fuck. So I'm glad that you did. <laughs> and um, I, it's just super humbling to know that people want to take their time out of their day to come hang out. Like I said, whether it's my, some of my best friends or people that I'm reconnecting with or people that I mean for the very first time. Um, it's a real blessing. Um, it's off the top of my head, looking at this banner, I mean, shout out to Notorious T. Uh, he's becoming a huge name right now in the Albuquerque rap culture, rap scene. Uh, he just won a huge contest. He won a, he won a decent amount of money, apparently, for like a Beatles writing, a songwriting contest for his song, The Beatles. And now he's back in a um, contest again to the end of April. I go to his page on Instagram to vote. And... Um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy what he's doing. So, and he, I think he was like my seventh episode. So, you know, being able to sit down with him and, you know, this is a guy that I've known since middle school, but being able to sit down with him, have a conversation and um, learn about his style of music. And he's been on twice, you know, and because of him, I've met another rapper. Uh, shout out to him, Tio. He's on the banner too. And, you know, it's, it's great to learn about that side of a city that I've been, you know, living in for the whole, my whole life. But I just never knew that. I knew it existed, but I just didn't know anything about it. Um, another good friend of mine that I've known for, uh, fuck, probably 10 years now, uh, Victoria Odell, one of the baddest motherfuckers I know, uh, they are out doing their drill instructor thing with the, uh, with, with the Marines, still killing it with the Marines. I think it's bad as fuck what they're doing. And I've got nothing but a ton of respect because there's somebody 
that genuinely loves their job. And I think what's been awesome about having this platform is being able to see people talk about and really like get into detail and gush about things that they really love doing. And I just, I seeing someone light up about that is pretty awesome. Um, more recently, uh, I had my good friend Riley on, we got, we got really deep into the woods about addiction and about recovery, what it means to be a recovering addict, what it means to find religion because of addiction, you know, and then we got into the, the dirtier side of the military school that we went to and the awful things that do happen there for, you know, for as amazing as Nimi is, I mean, there is statutory rape. There is prolific drug and alcohol abuse. I mean, it's just something that's there and it's hard to control. For as much control as that place has, you know, it's the problem. And of course, I've had some of my best friends on here. Joey, he was episode one. And then now he sits, usually sits over here uh, most of the time and does the podcast with me. And I think that's a huge, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed every time that he says yes. I'm if you're listening, buddy, I'm blessed every time you say yes, because, you know, he's taking time out of his day to fucking do this project with me, which again, I mean, I know he enjoys doing it. Um, sometimes, <laughs> um, I know he enjoys doing it, but he, it's not like he's getting paid to do it. Right. It's not like he's, it's just an experience. It's a fun thing to do. And, um, I'm really blessed that he enjoys doing it enough to keep coming back. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've had him on my buddy Springer, uh, Briscoe, you know, I just, a lot of uh, Poncho was just on, who's one of my closest friends. Now he became my coach for the competition. I mean, it's just been, it's been a real fun time. Um, and I, and I, when I look at the roster of people that I have coming up, it's not fucking slowing down. I am so excited to talk to these people. Um, so a few of them I've known for a long time and a few of them I've only seen them, whether it's I've seen them on social media, seen them on TV. I mean, I'm just, I'm super fucking pumped, uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, let's see. What is the best Batman run and why is it Morrison's? Um, I'll try to keep this one quick. Uh, I could go, this is a whole episode on its own. So... I grew up reading the Grant Morrison run on Batman, and it is super wacky. It's super weird. Um, it's out in three different omnibuses now to buy. They're each like 50 bucks a pop, average. And I think that's the best way to read it. Um, a lot of important things happen in that book. If you want to include Final Crisis, Batman fucking dies. Uh, spoilers. Um, that's where they bring in Damien, his son. Um, and I think the two, the first two volumes of that book are spectacular Batman writing. Some of the best. Uh, the third one kind of falls off when it gets into Batman Incorporated and all that's kind of wacky and not really my thing. But um, the first two books of that Batman are super brutal. Um, like I said, Damian Wayne comes in and he's like cutting people's heads off and murdering people because he's a kid, but he's raised by the League of, uh, the League of Assassins, you know, under Ra's al Ghul and Talia, his mom. Um, so that's a, that's a damn good run. Um Probably it's in my top three for sure. Uh, uh, just as of late, I feel like my my favorite Batman run has been Tom King's that ended a few years ago. Uh, he's now writing Batman and Catwoman. I haven't really read a whole lot of that. I've heard it's good, but you know his run on Batman was really cool about that amongst like the plethora of things that were awesome. But it made Batman a detective again, which was super awesome to see. Um, and it focused on the emotional side of Batman and it anchored that through Catwoman. And so if you guys enjoy the Robert Pattinson Batman movie that just came out and you enjoy the Batman Catwoman aspect of that, all of that is ripped straight out of Tom King's The Bat and the Cat aspect of that run. Um, it made Kite Man a relevant villain, which is pretty crazy. Um, and there's just a really, a lot of really awesome moments in, from that story, whether it's the City of Bane storyline, the, the War of Jokes and Riddles, um, which is a super dark and serious story. But then there's also a issue where it's dedicated to Batman and Selina, or Bruce and Selina, and then Clark Kent and Lois Lane going on a date to the carnival, right? So it's just, it's a pretty damn good run. Um, let's see. All right, what is the hardest part of starting a podcast? Um, man, I think it's, because again, like I said a little earlier, actually, I never expected this to take off. Not that it has taken off, but like I never expected it to have a longevity like it has. I didn't expect to do it a year and a half later. 
I thought this was kind of like a pipe dream and it was some sort of like stupid project that I was going to do for a couple months and kind of just get bored with it. Um, but it turns out I really like doing this. I really fucking like doing this. It's a lot of fun. Um, and it's a lot of work too. So I would say like the hardest part of it so far has been like setting time aside to do it. Um, and that's just not like this right here, you know, the shooting and the recording, this is the easiest part, but it's sitting down and doing the editing, doing the uploading, doing the Photoshop to make the different, um, make the different thumbnails. It's marketing. It's doing, it's scheduling guests. It's finding guests, you know, it's, it's doing stuff like that. Just making sure all your ducks in a row, make sure you have everything ready. Um, especially now that I'm doing, um, one episode a week, you know, it, it can get pretty challenging. Um, and then especially with my job, you know, um, where I'm on call literally the entire time that I'm working, it's, it's tough, but you know, I love doing it. I absolutely love, love, love doing it. And I'm not going to, I'm going to ride this thing until the wheels fall off. But, um, I'd say the hardest part in the beginning is just, if you're going to do it, figure out what you're going to do with it, like what your goal is with it, right? What are you going to talk about? Is it a niche subject? Is it a broad subject? You know, there's, oh, my best advice would be like, you know, don't do one like mine, <laughs> where you're just sitting down with people and talking about whatever. Because I mean, if you feel like you can do that, and if you, cause it's tough, right? It's really, really tough. And I'm not a great conversationalist yet, I don't think. I really have to build that skill. And that's a roadblock that I ran into really early. So I thought I could just sit down and talk to anybody. Well, no, the fuck I can't because there's a lot of early episodes where I did with the really amazing people. And I look back on that, I'm like, wow, I fucked that up. That wasn't the guest fault. That was my fault that that episode did not go as well as it should have. Um, and I, a couple of those earlier episodes, I'm like, fuck, man, did I waste that person's time? I hope they don't feel like I did because I feel like I really fucked that up. Um, so I would say if you are going to do if you're going to do a podcast as general forum, general discussion like this, build your conversational skills. Have conversations on a regular basis. This is a very um perishable skill. This is a skill that you can lose like that. So build it up, keep it going, um, and really refine that. Um, but if you're not gonna do something like this, find a subject that you really care about. For instance, if I wouldn't have done a podcast like this, I obviously would have done a podcast completely dedicated to complex superheroes. That's what the fuck I know. I have a lot of useless information about a bunch of weirdos and capes and spandex. So that is what I would have done a podcast about. Because at the end of the day, there are a ton, there, I think there's like over 2 million podcasts, but there are only so many podcasts specifically about superheroes. And there's only so many podcasts about cars or medicine or computer tech, or ham radios, or sculpting, or pottery, or whatever the fuck, making doors, baking a cake, like whatever it is you're into, figure out what you really love, and then if you want to talk about it, talk about it, um, and you can find people to talk about it with, more power to you, if you don't like having guests, that's cool too, that's what's so awesome about this, is like, yeah, people sign off their podcasts to like Spotify or Apple or I heard Amazon's doing it now or you know whoever the fuck but like or Google but for the most part the podcasting sphere is completely populated by independent creators like myself and we're doing what the fuck we want to do and that's super important and you don't I really want to make make this super clear to a lot of people like you don't need a lot you don't need to do a video format podcast. You literally just need a microphone. So in theory, I've heard uh, Anchor is free, which is a distributor that pumps things up to like Spotify and Google and so on and so forth. But if you just had your phone, every smartphone has a microphone in it. It has a voice memo. You record a 10-minute episode, upload it to Anchor, puts it on Spotify. There you go. You now have a podcast. You know, you can do everything from that to what's going on here. And I recognize, again, excuse me, I'm very fortunate enough to be able to do all this, but it's not required. You know, it's really not required. Um, it's just whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to go for. So, again, to kind of end this question, I think the hardest part of doing it would be just figuring out why you're doing it and who who are you doing this for. I'm like, what's your audience? 
Um, and that's been the one of the most challenging things for me, especially when it comes to like marketing is like, okay, well, how do I market through Google, through um, Facebook, through Instagram, through YouTube, you know, how do I do all that? How do I hone in and find these different uh, demographics to market to? And that's something that I'm still having to learn. It's about as much as I'm learning and honing my communication skills. I'm trying to learn how to market properly. I'm trying to learn how to have a social media presence. I didn't give a fuck about social media until I started doing this. And for, you know, people in my personal life know, I actually cut off all my social media during the pandemics. I just finally had enough. My anxiety made me want to just jump off a building. So, and the only reason I'm on social media now is because of the podcast. Um, so I'm trying to like get myself used to posting a lot and doing things on my story and, really just getting the brand out there more and more and more because the more you do that, the more you post, the more of a presence you have and it works, right? It fucking works. Um, it's just a matter of time of sitting down and doing it and learning how to hone it properly. And then let's see, I think we have one more question. Yeah. Okay. So the last question on here, um, if you were, <laughs> oh man, uh, if you were Commandant at Nimi for the day, what would you do? Oh, yeah, that is a job that I do not envy in the slightest. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. So what I think is important to distinguish, first of all, is what the Commandant does. I've never been the Commandant. I'll never be the Commandant. No fucking thank you. But what the Commandant does, as far as I know, shout out to Graph if you're listening to this. Um, how do I explain this? Like, the Commandant is in charge of making sure the core itself, like the core of cadets, like all the students that go there, making sure that side of the school doesn't fucking burn to the ground. Um, he works in conjunctions with people that like the academic side, the sports side, the administration side, the business side, um, admissions, you know, all that shenanigans. He works in conjunction with them, he or she, or they, or, you know, whatever. But this person works in conjunction with all that, but their sole purpose is the Corps of Cadets. Um... And to be quite frank, I, whether it's because I don't know enough, I haven't studied enough, I have enough life experiences, I don't know how the fuck you fix that drug problem. Teenagers and drugs is a tale of old time. You, you know, um, you're not going to stop kids from smoking pot. Should kids be fucking doing meth there? No, definitely not. And you should be able to figure out a way to stop that, especially considering you have adult supervision, you have a legitimate and deputized campus PD. Um, but you're not gonna be able to stop kids from drinking, kids from smoking. And in my opinion, I mean, I'm glad that a lot of these kids are smoking and drinking at NIMI because if you smoke and drink there, you know, you get punished there in the school, right? It's not like they're going to turn you into Roswell PD or it's not like they're going to turn you into the state police as far as I know, right? Um, you get punished in-house, which I think is super important, right? You're not going to fuck up these kids' lives because they decided to fucking smoke pot or drink. Um, so I don't know how you fix that. I think one way of fixing the inappropriate relations between high school and college kids, though, is so if you anyone who's been on the campus, there's two barracks. There's the box, and then across the way... To the the west side of the campus, there's the slab. And the slab is where all of 3rd Squadron lives, and it's a giant L. And my thought would be, okay, figure out a way. There's not a whole lot of room, but figure out a way. If it means taking down that football field that was there, fuck it, take it down and build it out this way. But so if you have the slab here kind of have like the football field here we'll build another fucking set of barracks right here right if they get if they can get their recruitment enrollment up build another slab of barracks here and have one set of barracks for the college kids and one set of barracks for the high school kids just separate them um and i know what the criticism is on that it's like well you don't have the mentorship and that's fair i mean i when I was going through that school, I know I can speak for a lot of my other friends, both male and female, that they were able to have that big brother, big sister relationship 
where um, they were able to get mentorship and they were able to get guidance from kids that are older than them, which can be important. Um, and that happens more often than statutory rape does for sure. I mean, I would like to think, but I think that could be a step in the right direction. Um, but if I were to make one decision or a series of decisions, that might be a part of it. Um, I think I would really just like, I would, I would, I would, I would invest a lot more time in the quality of life for the cadets, right? I would advocate for that. I think that'd be the best thing I'd do for the day is I'd advocate for that. I'd say, okay, well, look at their fucking living quarters, right? Look at their air conditioning units uh, that double as heaters that break down every other week. Look at their laundry system. Look at the, their bathrooms, right? You know, the because military schools are dying. And this is where I'll leave this question is, you know, m- military schools are dying. And... If you really want to build up retention and you want to build up recruitment, make the facilities awesome. Uh, fix the rooms, fix the bathrooms, fix the laundry units, um, build up the gym. You know, that gym, I haven't been in it recently, but I guarantee you it looks the same exact way as I left it when I was a sophomore in college back in 2017. Like, I'm sure it looks the same exact way. I doubt there's new machines. Um, I doubt there's new weights just because that's, the, that's not where they put their money. Um, put more money into the classrooms, right? Build up those facilities and really just bring a better quality. Just because it's a military school doesn't mean it has to suck to be there, right? They should want to go there. They should want, like, yeah, not everyone likes discipline or structure, but, like, they should want to go there for the facilities, for the educational advantages, for the social advantages they're going to get living there. And it should be comfortable to fucking live there. Because let me tell you, the first couple of years I was there, it was not fucking comfortable. <laughs> it was not fucking comfortable. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what I would do. I would build up the quality of life of the, uh, of the cadets. Um, but to close this out with where's this thing going, I have no fucking idea. I get asked that a lot, and I have no fucking idea. I have no plan. I do not know. Um, I want this to grow. I want this to get as far out there as it can. Um, I just want to keep talking to people, man. Um, I want to keep having these conversations, whether they're silly, serious, or otherwise. I really just want to keep doing this for as long as I can. And for as long as you guys support this podcast, that's as far as it's going to go. Um, and maybe there's going to come a day where no one else wants to sit down. I'll just be talking to myself until the end of time. But until that time comes, I am really, really thankful for everyone that's been doing this with me uh, in person, over Zoom, liking subscribing it sharing it showing it to their friends um it's growing you know slowly but surely this is growing and i'm really pleased with it and i'm in no rush to turn this into the next god knows what but i'm just really thankful for everything that we're doing right now everything that's happening and i'm thankful for you guys um so thank you again for uh, listening or watching share it with your friends share it with your family and we'll see you time we'll see you guys next time Bye, everybody.